Hi, I'm George and welcome along to On The Streets, The Paris Episode. Hi all and welcome back to a new episode. Um, today I'm going to talk about my adventures in Paris, what I shot, what I didn't shoot, how I got on and how I didn't get on. The one thing that I have to say is um, how quickly we got to Paris. We left London, I think it was just on half past eleven and we were in Paris by just after two o'clock. Um, so, yeah, it was unbelievable. I mean, you can't travel in England that fast or that far. And I think it took us about 20 minutes, half an hour to get down to Dover and then through the tunnel. Um, the actual Eurostar is quite a nice train. It's pretty much, com- it's pretty comfortable. And you're flying along at such speeds, there's not really much to see, to be perfectly honest. So, yeah, the actual journey out there was quite good and then arriving in Paris um, very very big um, police and army present once you get into the station but um, it wasn't too bad yeah it was quite pleasant and whatnot and uh, we found a hotel quite easily it seemed to be in quite a reasonable part of um, Paris, as we don't know Paris particularly well, it was sort of situated halfway between the Louvre and Montmartre, so that was quite good for us because they were two areas that we wanted to visit, and when we arrived, the hotel were good enough to give us an upgrade, that we actually got a terrace um, room, so we had a little terrace out of front looking out over the rooftops of Paris which was really enjoyable especially on uh, the mornings you could sit out there and have a, a coffee and um, you could hear the hustle and bustle as Paris was coming to life although we were there for six days we wanted to try and make the most of the time that we were there so we arrived on the Sunday and that afternoon we decided to just go out and have a a quiet walk and just get our bearings of where where we actually were within the city and whatnot and we had a little stroll around um, down to the Louvre and as I say I'd already um, sorted out my cameras and eventually I decided to go with my little Olympus XA3 um, my Canon 500 sprocket rocket Instax Square and my Olympus OM10 and to be honest the OM10 spent most of the time actually sitting in the hotel and didn't really get used it only actually got used on the second to last evening when we went up to shoot some of the um, lights and uh, stuff up at Montmartre and in and around like the Moulin Rouge and places like that so the rest of the time I was only actually carrying 
four cameras with me. Um, even the sprocket rocket didn't get used that much. Although I say it didn't get used that much, I still managed to shoot two rolls, which basically works out at about 36 images, because obviously it takes two frames per image. So, yeah, so we had a little wander around, and um, one of the first things that we noticed is, even though it was a Sunday afternoon, I think it was around four or five o'clock, once we got down to the Louvre, the amount of um, hawkers down there trying to sell you stuff is unbelievable, and a lot of them don't take no for an answer. Um, you really have to kind of fight them off, which, you know, coming from a big city like London, is unusual because although you do get people hawking stuff to you, it's nowhere near the same as it is in Paris and it, it's surprising that the police don't actually crack down on it but it seemed everywhere you go, um, touristy spots, they were just there and yeah, I mean the biggest um, one we found was when we went up to the Trocadero in one evening to get um, the Eiffel Tower lit up the area that, where the Trocadero is is like a big open uh, piazza type thing which is up on it's like a slight hill and there probably was as many hawkers up there as there were people up there looking to take photographs of the Eiffel Tower and although this was a, a family holiday it was also a chance to sort of get out and see obviously the touristy things but also to try and see you know the Paris that some people might not see and that was what I was hoping to achieve on going out and to be honest we've done a hell of a lot of walking um, I think one of my daughters said that over the whole six days we covered something like 70 or 75 kilometers um, Thing. We, we must have walked, we walked virtually everywhere we didn't use the metro that much um, and it was just because there's so much to see even in between sort of the touristy bits there's some areas of like passageways and stuff that are you know are just rife for photography and you could spend weeks I think it, it's surprising how I was actually surprised how big Paris actually is um, you know sort of like f to go from the Louvre to the Eiffel Tower is probably I don't know a 40-45 minute walk um, and in that space there's just so much to see as you're walking down the Seine um, yeah this it's it's a place that needs to be revisited and I'm kind of surprised that never been there before. Um, like I say, especially with the how quickly the trains get you there into the centre of Paris. And I definitely think it'll be a place I'll be going back to, especially for the photography. Um, it's just opened up a whole new kind of avenue and world for me for what to shoot, you know, people, architecture everything is just amazing
when I shoot in and around London, I, I pretty much tend to shoot black and white most of the time. Um, but Paris just doesn't seem to, or certain areas of Paris doesn't seem don't seem to lend itself to black and white photography. And as such, I only actually shot three rolls of black and white film. Um, one roll of the 2238 and two rolls of Kemp here. Um, the rest of the stuff was actually shot all on colour and I pretty much blew through uh, all of the rolls of film that I had. So all my Kodak 200, my Ultramax 400 and two rolls of Lomo 800. Um, I only come back with one roll of Lomo 800 and obviously I came back with a lot of black and white which I didn't really expect but like I say Paris just seems to be a city that needs to be shot in colour more so than black and white or most of the areas especially the touristy places which you know you're always going to end up going to um, and like I say we've done a lot of walking every day um, the rest of the family one day went to Disneyland which was not something that really interests me so that day I was actually left to do what I wanted to do and I had a whole day I set out at 9 o'clock in the morning and was still shooting at 5 in the afternoon and it was a really long day um, I did buy a metro ticket which for like one day that covers you throughout central Paris was seven and a half euros which was quite reasonable really um, cost slightly more than that in London for a, a day ticket but then in London I wouldn't use um, the underground but as Par it was Paris so I needed to get about it was easier just to hop on and off of the metro and to be honest the stations are not that far apart in in london they you do tend to get areas where stations might be you know five or six minute tube tube ride between the, each station but in paris they were quite um short between the, the stations plus also the, the trains run very very quickly they're, they're weird little trains they're only sort of like I don't know, four, maybe five carriages long. Platforms are not as long as the underground in London. And, um, yeah, they they come along every about every three, four minutes. So, you know, if you miss one, you're not hanging around ages for another one. But that day that um, I was on my own, I went from the southeast of, um, well, from the central, centre of Paris out to the southwest, then work my way back in to the centre and then back out to the southeast of the um, city and I still didn't cover everything that I wanted to in one day um, it's because like I say it, it, it's a big city but I got a lot of shots that hopefully or I, I'm hoping I got a lot of shots that are going to be interesting um, and like I say, they were areas of Paris that 
slightly off the tourist track and um, yeah I'm hoping that they come out alright I've started processing my black and whites in fact I've actually processed them all now um, the last rolls hanging up to dry at the moment but my colour ones I'm still debating whether to um, because I've got like 11 rolls um, I'm still debating whether to process them, process them myself or to send them away in all honesty the cost of sending them away is no more than what it cost me to uh, process it my, myself only the actual time that it takes and obviously two reels at a time it's going to take a while two reels then drying all the equipment drying the um, film so it could be over a few days or I could just send them away and have them all back within sort of like four days so I'm still debating what the best option is for that I also shot a lot with the Instax Square um, SQ6 um, I shot about well I shot five packets of ten so roughly fifty pictures or forty pictures anyway um, but I was quite disappointed with it to be honest it's the first time that I've really used it um, over a long long period and not just snapshots of the family indoors and whatnot but I, I, I've got to be honest I wasn't happy with most of the um, or a lot of the images that came out they, they either seem to come out quite blurred or um, the colours were never particularly spot on um, they seem to be a lot a lot different to what my wide would shoot um, and obviously I, I guess the chemistry is exactly the same within the actual um, packs the actual film containers so I don't understand why it was um, playing up I mean it was it was very very hot I mean most days it was up in the 30 degrees centigrade so it was um, it was hot but I, I, I don't imagine that would affect it that much I mean I think Instax works better when it's warmer than it being cold I know if you shoot in the winter especially here it's um, you, you do tend to get like a blue cast to it because the film's cold or the chemicals are cold within the film um, so I'm guessing that it should have been okay but I don't know it was not um, a, a great experience actually using that particular camera um, but then again unfortunately I was unlucky enough to have that camera stolen um, on the last day well on the day we were actually coming home we got the Metro to uh, Gardenor to get the Eurostar home and I think it was there that at some point um, someone managed to dip into my camera bag and um, as it was always on the top it um, managed to get pilfered which was frustrating, annoying, embarrassing especially as all week I've been um, telling everyone to be careful of pickpockets because it seems as though 
it's pretty rife I guess at any big city it is and um, yeah it was I kept a good eye on all my gear during the week and the last day coming home um, I got pickpocketed and lost that particular camera with a virtually a full pack of film in it so some lucky soul in Paris has got um, an Instax camera which to be perfectly honest I don't particularly rate but it's still annoying to have one of your cameras pinched I have already been posting some of the uh, Instax pictures up on the Flanure with the camera Instagram page um, and over the next few weeks I guess I'll be posting the rest of the stuff uh, between that Instagram page and the on the streets podcast page so if you're interested in seeing stuff from my Paris trip you can catch it on either of them sites Strasbourg just a couple of um, bits and pieces to finish off the show for this week. I found um, a, a resource site called learncamerarepair.com. Um, that's all one word. And they have an online course where so far they've got six episodes up of showing you how to do repairs on cameras. Plus they've also got around 300 repair manuals um, and they're all free to download. Um, if you go through the listings, which I'm just calling up now, they've got sort of service manuals for Bronicas, um, what else we got? Let me see, Canon 7, Canon A1, Canon A1. Canon AE1 program disassembly, um, a service manual for that, repair article, and scrolling right through, a lot of Canon stuff, contacts, uh, let's see, graphics, graphic view. Super Hasselbad, Hasselblad 1600F. Uh, there seems to be loads on there, so if it's something that you're interested in or, or after a particular repair manual, it seems as though they might have it. Um, a Leica 3F repair manual, uh, Leica 3. G rangefinder adjustment, Leica M5 repair article. So yeah, there seems to be quite a, a lot. Um, like I say, the website is called LearnCameraRepair.com. So you know, if that's anything you're interested in, pop along there and have a look. Um, I'll give another plug for my Etsy site, which is George G Photography, and there will be a link in the show notes for that I've put up a couple of new prints from Paris on there so if anyone's interested they're um, inkjet prints from 
the HP printer so they're at a slightly lower cost than the others so if anyone's interested go along and have a look um, yep yeah, and things so I think that's it for this episode um, I'll just give you all the other details so you can find me on Instagram at Flenier with a camera or the on the streets podcast um, I can be contacted by email at on the streets at talktalk.net or you can leave a message via the anchor app once again thanks for listening hope you've enjoyed this episode and bye for now